0: Welcome to Talent Bus, where I talk with SaaS companies on how they are doing their talent acquisition. Today, I'm joined by Henry Nordstrom, CEO and co-founder of Jobilla. And we are discussing what recruitment industry could steal from sales and marketing. This includes things regarding on lead generation, how to do outbound in a more efficient way, how to do recruitment marketing, and much more. And let's start the discussion today from why recruitment industry would actually steal so much from sales and marketing.
1: Yeah. Actually, my background comes from, from sales. I have done sales almost all, all my adult career. and building businesses around sales. And I think this is one of the strengths when, when coming into the recruitment field is that I don't, I, I don't really come with the, to the recruitment field. With the standard ideas behind the recruitment, <clears throat> and actually one of the first first things when when I started working in this industry, uh, now actually uh, o- over six years ago, uh, I I started immediately figuring these uh, uh, challenges that the industry is facing, because uh, the mindset in this industry is, is is really waiting for the candidates to apply for a job instead of the companies actively approaching the candidates. so this is the standard process in in the, in the recruitment industry. And especially now in the past uh, uh, let's say five to ten years, uh, this industry has changed completely. Uh, when previously we had a lot of candidates applying for a jobs. Now as we read the news uh, almost almost weekly there is some news from some industry, that there is a challenge finding the right candidates for the companies, uh, but still the companies approach this challenge with the same mindset that they are waiting for the candidates to apply for a job instead of actively reaching the candidates. And I think this is exactly the main main idea in, in sales and marketing, is that you're never waiting passively for the customers to approach the company, but you actively either do marketing or selling activities towards the customers uh, to get them to buy your product, and I think recruitment industry needs exactly this change.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think we have quite similar backgrounds for for sales, so interesting yeah. to kind of share some stories and things that we have learned from sales and what we could take to the kind of recruitment industry, and. If I think about kind of day-to-day life as a salesperson and kind of how to get customers, so as as you describe over there, it's kind of ongoing, active outreach that we are typically doing as a salesperson. Kind of before we hop into the kind of outreach itself or marketing itself, I, I think where I could start the discussion today is actually what happens before that one, and I think one thing that as a salesperson I think a lot is like who's our ideal customer. So, which kind of customers I'm going after? Who are the right uh, buyers in those organizations? Why they should be interested in our services at all? What is the challenge that we are kind of solving for those companies? And I, I think this is something that kind of recruitment could be stealing from there. So, really making sure that you understand who are those people you want to recruit, which channels they are using, and all that. But then maybe one kind of challenge as a salesperson comes quite often is like how you are different from other companies. So for example, us, recruitment agency, like how we are different from other recruitment agencies. And if we fake kind of that thing, so positioning being different to kind of recruitment industry. So when you are looking for new employees, like how you should be approaching that one, like identifying, are we a different workplace really? And how to kind of message around those topics.
1: Yeah, I think this is a uh, one of the core things that often gets forgotten is is in, like what needs to happen before the actual process starts, uh, and and I think you you touched two very important components. One is uh, you yourself uh, identifying your strengths, but then also what strengths are you looking in your ideal candidate, and and then how to match this this message between this and uh, and I think the Mapping the strengths of the company, this is something that should happen all the time uh, inside the company. So, and I think it it it, it doesn't uh, continue for for just mapping mapping the strengths that you already have, but it should uh, create you should create plan how to create your company really as an environment that is uh, attractive to the talent. Uh, but then. Starting from the from the then who is the talent that you should be attracted? To. So, so different people value very different things, and of course, if your company has only one target group, then this is much easier. Then you then you need to just find out what this com- this target group values. But then, for example, in our company, we have uh, more than ten different target groups uh, that we are looking. For. We have de- developer, people uh, customer success people. Uh, uh, all, all sorts of different positions, finance uh, and, and stuff. So, so we need to really think about different things that different people value and how to, how to make the company attractive for the talent. Uh, but then um, it's not just how, how you do the messaging, but how you actually deliver the message. So I think this is also something that is very important in the sales, you know, that when you promise something to the customer, you need to be, also delivering what you promise, and this is very often forgotten when we talk about, for example, employer branding. It shouldn't be just how we can tell nice things about our company, but how we can tell the reality, and the reality should be nice. So if if, if there is something wrong with the company, then we there is there is a lot of challenges if the company does branding you know, that doesn't match the reality. And then when yeah. we look at uh, individual, uh, every single recruitment, I think whenever you start the recruiting process and uh, mapping out the right target audience and, and the right, right we, we call it an ideal candidate profile. Uh, uh, so the idea there is that we try to map out the person uh, and, and really visualize what would the perfect candidate for this position look like. What kind of attributes they would have? First, we always start from the hard attributes, like what kind of skills, what kind of uh, expertise, uh, education, things like that. This person should have. But then moving from there, the more softer uh, values, like uh, what kind of personality, what kind of uh, uh, like uh, other other types of, of softer softer values should this person have in order for them to fit into this team that you have. So I think this is very important to also know the strengths of the team and know how the team is operating uh, so that we can map the profile that it fits to the existing team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of with that one, you have a kind of background work done, and then we can go basically to the next step. So we're kind of contacting the candidates. And if we go back to sales and marketing for a while, so typically, if we think about companies kind of getting new customers, there's typically basically two kind of ways of doing that one. There is a kind of marketing led way, uh, typically referred as inbound marketing, where the goal is to produce valuable content and be active on social media, do paid advertising, and through that one, get high quality leads that you can then start the discussion and eventually they become your customers. Or there is another way uh, typically referred as outbound, where you basically are doing cold calling, emailing people, reaching out to different social media channels, and basically doing outreach for those people. And if we look at then recruitment, in recruitment, we can do basically both things as well. So basically outbound recruitment and inbound recruitment. And I think in sales and marketing, there's been uh, lately a lot of discussion that, it needs to be either the hey, I believe in outbound. That is all we do, or hey, if we want to build an inbound engine. But at least I've noticed that if you combine the best part of the, both worlds, you will get the best best results. And if we now look at the recruitment and maybe start from the kind of more traditional way, so doing some kind of outreach. I think headhunting services has been there for a long, long time. Where. Uh, companies are for example sending emails or sending messages on linkedin on hey we are looking for a new person to join our company. Uh, if we first talk about that part. What do you think that uh, those recruiters or sourcers who are doing that active outreach on different channels what they could learn from salespeople or steal from them?
1: I think uh, this is basically a sales uh, sales job if you think about it in a way your product is just selling Open position. So, so if I if I think about this uh, this uh, industry of, of, of head hunting, I think uh, uh, if you wanna be a great headhunter, you need to be a great salesperson. That's uh, even though you wouldn't identify yourself as a salesperson. Basically, the job that you're doing is pretty similar than uh, than uh, a job of of a salesperson. And this is uh, this is also something that I and when we discuss either the sales part of the recruitment or the marketing part of the recruitment, I think this is this is exactly the mindset that we should have. We have a product and the product that we are selling is this open job. And uh, and, and the beauty of recruitment is actually that all the companies in the world have basically similar products. If you're working in the automotive industry or you're a hospital, uh, you're Or, or then let's say you're, you're making some kind of physical, physical product. Uh, the companies are selling very different products to their customers. But then when we talk about recruiting, actually every single organization in the world has very similar product to sell. So, so this is why also I think recruitment industry is perfect industry for, for building very scalable, good services to help organizations in this because basically we can, we can, Every single company can learn from it, from each other in, in recruitment practices, and and what you talked about outbound and inbound. Uh, so so when if we first talk about the outbound recruitment, I think there the uh, the idea should be looking at the target groups and how large the target audience is that I'm trying to target, and and what is my end goal of of how much people I need to recruit. So so if we think about companies that need to, let's say we have a hospital, big hospital chain that needs to record hundreds of, or thousands of nurses, uh, for example, a year, uh, building an outbound sales type of approach to this would not probably be the right option to pick because, because the volumes are so high and also the target groups that you're, you're reaching are very high. So their uh, inbound type methods uh, should probably be uh, the ones that you favor. It's, of course, like you said, it's not one or the other, but you should put more efforts on the inbound. Yeah. Then if we talk about more targeted, specified jobs, let's say that you are wanting to hire a new CTO for your company, for example. So, so there it's more limited, the target groups that you can, you can uh, target. The, the, it's only one-time recruitment. You're doing it once. You're not recruiting uh, 50 CTOs a year. Or at least, hopefully, you're not doing this. Uh, so so uh, uh, there, I, I think, uh, uh, of course, we can use the inbound methods uh, to support this. But, but uh, I think you, uh, companies should, at this kind of recruitment, put more effort on the outbound, the outbound uh,
0: type of methods. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, if I think about kind of super, maybe actionable tips for them, outbound recruitment that and I've been utilizing in sales and I, I noticed that maybe recruiters could steal from there. First thing kind of regarding the outreach itself, so kind of as a salesperson a few years back, for example, utilizing LinkedIn and just sending messages over there worked extremely well, uh, for example, in the Finnish market, because there wasn't that many sales people actually doing it back then. But in the kind of last twelve months, a lot of salespeople have been kind of activating over there, and what I started to do as a salesperson was to use video messages over there, and that actually worked very well because no one else was doing that same thing. And now, when kind of moving to recruitment industry, I noticed the same thing happening there. So basically, every recruiter does the text-based messages on LinkedIn. So we have been, for example, testing right now doing a video messaging on LinkedIn for potential candidates and that is working very well and then another thing that I've been noticing kind of as a salesperson when I get a no from a customer uh, during their first outreach I always try to kind of gather some information from there basically for two reasons first I think it's super kind of relevant uh, information from the market uh, that we can utilize for developing our services developing our sales but then another thing is that if I get that additional information, then it's easier for me to sell in the future. And if we take the same thing in the recruitment, and I think this is super simple. So let's say that you have sent outreach message on LinkedIn for, let's say, senior developer, uh, and you are looking to hire someone like that. And then that person just said, no. I think what most people in recruitment industry still do is just answer politely like, hey, thanks for letting me know and have a great uh, end of the year or something like that. But I think that is a valuable place to add uh, some kind of uh, information to yourself. So basically, for example, asking a question like, hey, thanks for letting me know. Uh, do you mind asking, was it more about the timing not being right? Or was this completely a profile that you are not interested at? And with that you actually might open up that discussion with a potential candidate. Uh, I think it's super valuable information if they say that, well, actually the role was interesting, but I just got promoted in my current place or actually I'm not interested in this kind of role, but I am actively looking for a job. So really kind of somehow answering for the no's and really trying to dig in deeper from there would be my advice as well.
1: Yeah, I think this is is super good advice. And I think this is uh, actually... Something that you should use in every stage of the recruitment process, because something that I, I have also learned uh, in, in the company, like, like the co- recruitments that we have done for our company and, 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 in a very important roles, that very often the people that have been then one of the best hires have not been the easiest hires. So there, because, because if we, if you look at the recruitment market now, it's uh, uh in, 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 in most of the positions, the best candidates are already in the jobs. And also the best candidates often perform very well in their existing jobs. They are, they are relatively satisfied uh, in, in many cases. And, and in this case, in order to recruit them, you need to really convince the candidate why you have something to offer that the other company, for example, their existing job, or then the other offers that they might have already on the table, why you're the best option there. And, and, and some of the, some of the best people we have hired, we have met five, six times and, and, and had very long discussions. And, and, and the first phase have, might have been very pessimistic and, and, uh, and like very skeptical uh, starting point. But then when you build up the trust and in each other and then you get to learn each other and you, you can really showcase the benefits and, and showcase what you can offer and actually, uh, the candidates think might get very excited and then finally uh, it, it might be, end up to become very, very
0: successful hire. So very, very good tip, I think. Yeah. yeah, Totally agree on that one. Hey, then let's hop from the outbound recruitment to inbound recruitment. And once again, maybe quickly go back to marketing. So if we think about typical uh, ways of doing basically inbound marketing, there's typically two ways. So there's the kind of long term game, which is often uh, referred as kind of brand marketing and in recruitment typically kind of we are talking about employer branding and then there is kind of the short-term activities that are really focused on the kind of current roles that you are uh, having open typically it's about recruitment marketing or kind of lead generation towards those roles and maybe can, I, I can give kind of a few thoughts on the employer branding first and then you, you can give some kind of some tips on the lead generation part. But for them, kind of employee branding, so uh, that is long-term. And actually, what I believe is that employee branding won't solve your hiring needs for the next 12 months. Kind of taking time to build that brand, it always takes time. So with employee branding, you should be really focusing on the long-term goals of your business. What kind of people do I need uh, 12 months from now, uh, 24 months from now, 36 months from now? And on that one, uh, I believe that you should be focusing on the kind of bigger picture as a company. So why your company uh, is there in the first place for the employees? Like why should anyone join your company? Talk openly about your culture, your values. And when I say that, I personally believe that you shouldn't be actually talking about your uh, kind of company values. Like, hey, these are company values. But rather think real life stories from your company highlighting those values or highlighting those cultures and the one thing that has been working extremely well uh, for example for us and for our customers is actually talking super openly about things every company has those good things but there are also those bad things so and really highlighting uh, both sides of the company and if there's some challenges talking super uh, like openly about those and for example for career stories career stories with employees who have left your company they are actually super powerful and people are super interested actually learning and reading those, like why someone joined the company, what they enjoyed, and why that person eventually leave the company. Because it's way easier to kind of believe those people who have already left the company than those people who are in the company at the moment. They kind of need to be selling their company. So there's a kind of few ideas regarding the kind of employer branding side of things. But then the lead generation, recruitment marketing, I, I think this is where you have the... And a lot of lot of good learnings and ideas. So, can you share? Like, how, how do you think companies should be um, kind of approaching that one? And really, kind of why the old way of thinking, like, hey, send us your cover letter and CV, is dead? And why companies should be really focusing on lead generation on their recruitment?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think this is this is really the the topic that, that we have been working for for now uh, almost seven years, uh, and uh, and it's a. Uh, uh, really close close to our heart, and how to build in the really working recruitment marketing, and 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 uh, when 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 coming to the expertise of the lead generation in recruitment uh, marketing, we we did actually last year uh, over seven thousand uh, lead generation campaigns to different companies uh, in uh, in 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 almost fifty different countries. So so this is a topic that we have a lot of a lot of expertise on. And, uh, uh, but, but actually we have done a lot of employer branding campaigns also in the history of the company and, and we are still doing, doing, uh, employer branding bro- projects. Uh, but, the, uh, the, the reason why we have moved more from the employer branding, to the lead generation is actually that there is very little uh, or, or actually very few companies actually providing this type of services today, uh, because the, the real big challenge with lead generation is that, that it's it's really hard. Uh, like like it's hard to deliver the results, and you actually need to deliver the results in every single recruitment campaign that you do. Employer branding and brand marketing in general is uh, like you said. You don't need to get measurable results immediately, and you build it for more for the long term. And and I of course it's very important for the company to build also the long term brand, but then. Uh, the, the really concrete needs that the companies have today. They have open positions. They need to fill them in immediately. And very often we are in a, in a situation where then companies are, are forced to use the outbound methods, uh, because the inbound methods are not working, uh, today. And I think the, when we, when we go to the inbound marketing, uh, in recruitment, uh, this is something that, that it goes to like optimizing small details in the process. First, you need to get the big pieces, uh, working. Uh, one thing is, is, uh, what I, what is the biggest conversion killer in the, in the recruitment marketing is the traditional application process. So this is really something that what you said already that we, we should do lead generation in, in recruitment. So the very first mindset that we need to change in recruiting is that we think the candidates as applicants because applicants as a word even means that there is somebody who is there ready to apply for your job which is in many cases not the reality anymore. Uh, There is just potential people who are happily working in their existing jobs and you need to target them using some sort of targeted marketing uh, method But then the very, very important part after that is that you don't treat these people as they would be your applicants ready to apply for the job, ready to do cover letters and fill long application forms. But they should be treated as potential customers are treated in the sales funnels. Mm -hmm. So you make it very easy for them. You ask only the most relevant questions. You may, you you optimize every second that they spend in the process because you know that every time you add their additional 10 to 30 seconds, even a lot of candidate potential candidates are dropping out from your funnel. So, uh, and then, uh, of course, very important part when doing marketing is then analytics. So you need to analyze every single step of the process and you need to know what is the bottleneck in the process using numbers uh, because otherwise you're just working blind you're just guessing you might think that something that you're doing is really working but it's not actually working and uh, and this is this is really really um, uh, a big challenge in the recruitment industry right now that things are not getting measured and this is also reason why there is so much really old fashioned pro- like processes that companies still use that are not working anymore but because there is lack of analytics and and companies don't really see that this is the this is the phase where candidates drop out then you just continue doing the same things
0: yeah that is a big problem in the in the market and even though we are kind of currently a, a service business around recruitment and employer branding we are all the time thinking about like different kind of tech options that we could be kind of start building to make things even more, more efficient. And I feel like we keep coming back to the data and analytics all the time because that is really a big problem in the market. One interesting thing you mentioned there was regarding the kind of time spent with the uh, candidates. And... What I've noticed lately is that there's a lot of LinkedIn posts around like, hey, your recruitment process should be shorter, it shouldn't have that many steps. And at the same time, I agree, but then at the same time, I disagree with that one. And I think what actually creates the problem in the first place is actually not the time used for the recruitment process, but it's about what happens in that time. So if we look at the kind of traditional recruitment process, and the interviews—they really are interviews. So it's—I'm using first one hour of my time with, a, let's say, a recruiter, only asking questions from me, like, hey, what's your background? Where are your skills? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Then you have a second call with a hiring manager asking same questions. Then you have a third call where you have a task where you need to prepare. Then you have a fourth call asking some more questions from you, and. That kind of makes a problem. So all of those stages are typically actually company demanding something from the candidate. And kinda of if you, you do it that way, it really is maybe kind of time spent in you know, a not that good way from a candidate's perspective. So they think that hey, now I'm spending time here. But what we have been trying to do, for example, in our own recruitment process is actually turn the thing completely upside down. So kind of thinking What is the value that the candidate is getting from all of the different stages? And I think that's um, kind of good practice for everyone. For example, write down all the steps that you have in your recruitment process, starting from uh, your marketing or outreach to your career page, first interview, second interview task, and write down two things. What what is the feeling of the candidates in each stage? And what is the value that the candidate is getting from each stages? And... If you can't think about the value that the candidate is getting in each stage, then maybe that is something to consider doing. And for example, for us, like we have, just give a few examples, Uh, first kind of regarding for nurturing, we actually have a kind of monthly session together with potential employees where we have really value-added content for them regarding like the biggest trends in recruitment and employer branding. And A lot of people do want to participate those. Uh, It's not about us us asking questions from them. It's really providing value. Or we do a growth plan for every person who basically is in our recruitment process until the end, where we either uh, offer them a job with a growth plan, like, hey, here are the things that we think you would be growing here is some kind of create additional materials for you to study and all that. And at the same time for people, we say no in the end, we also create a growth plan like, Hey, uh, at this stage we are not uh, offering a place for you, but we did this growth plan for you. And by doing these things, we believe that you will grow as a professional and maybe someday you can join talent. Bee. So really thinking it in, from a way that not what you are getting, from the steps as a company, but what the candidate or what the kind of potential customers is getting from the different stages.
1: Yeah, I I think you're exactly right in the in the point, and and if we think about making recruitment process shorter, I think you should more think about how to take the irrelevant hustle away from the process. How to make how to take away the the things from the process that frustrates the candidate, and how then to add. The recruitment process things that actually add value to the candidate exactly like like you said. So if we think about, uh, I, I like to think about the recruitment process as a marketing funnel, uh, in the same way as as you think about it. There you you have your potential customers, and then it goes down the funnel, and finally then you have higher here in the funnel. And the, the challenge in the traditional recruitment process is that in the beginning of the of the funnel. To even get the candidate inside the funnel, there is a lot of hustle and a lot of work and a lot of effort that the candidate needs to put in, in order to even get inside your funnel. So if you think about the traditional application form, for example, on average, it takes on average about three hours to fill an application form to, 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 in the traditional recruitment process. Uh, and if we think this alone, uh, if we think about that there would be a company that before you get to even talk with the salesperson in the company you should first fill three hours of different forms before being able to talk with your salesperson so this kind of company would not have a lot of customers and this is also companies when they have this type of process they then wonder why they don't have a lot of candidates in the process their recruiters so let like recruitment salespeople, are waiting for the leaves at, Candidates to come and talk to them, but then they wonder, "Oh, where is my candidate?" But the, but the very first challenge starts with uh, uh, like asking too much in the beginning of the process. So I think the first barrier of entry would should be very low. It should be super easy. Uh, in our like uh, uh, like uh, idea, there that that we have been uh, sharing is that 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 the first conversion should happen in less than three minutes. That, that should be the guideline there. That, that, that before you have your phone, the phone number and email and the contact information of the candidate, this should happen in less than three minutes from the first point of contact where the candidate has seen your recruitment. Then you know that they are in relatively safe uh, waters in there and you're not losing uh, too much candidates because of too complex process. But I think after the conversion has been done, that you actually have the candidate in your funnel, then it comes exactly what you said that that there you shouldn't optimize too much uh, because but but there it comes exactly to the point that how much value you can add to the candidate because this is also something that we we need to think about this also from the eyes of the salesperson that this candidate that has came through our funnel they are not ready yet to change the job to our Company. But we need to. They need to, of course, convince us that they are the potential candidate. But in this funnel, we need to convince them that we are the right employer for them. And mm. and this sometimes takes a lot of time. Like in sales, we know that before you get the sale with the customer, you might have. You sometimes you might need one meeting. Sometimes you might need three meetings. Sometimes you might need ten meetings to get a sale with the customer. And it's exactly the same with the candidates. Sometimes you might get in one, two, three, three meetings, everything's matching perfectly and you're making the decision to change the job. But like I've said in before, with some of the best candidates I've ever recruited, there has been six, seven, nine, ten meetings before we have actually decided to start working together.
0: Yeah, and I think really the kind of selling the company during the interviews is important, kind of finding the balance there like kind of selling enough not overselling, and I I still have to remember. If I remember correctly, it was the first time we we met. It was roughly five years ago uh, when I was looking for a new new job, and I visited. Uh, I'm quite sure it was one of your first offices. There was you, and then there was Tommy. And you guys interview me, uh, try to sell your <laughs> big vision of Jopil at that time, like how how it will become a a kind of big great company. Now five years after, it's it's kind of fun to see where where you have ended up, where I have ended up. But w- what's your kind of take on that one? Like if you think nowadays, for example, selling uh, your workplace for potential candidates, like h- how do you do it? And kind of what's your approach on that one?
1: Yeah, I think it's exactly like like. Uh, like you mentioned the meeting that we had uh I, okay of course it's your opinion if it, if it was too much of selling but i think uh, uh relatively often companies fall into the other trap which is not selling enough of their company and their vision and of course it's it's then if the candidate then believes in your reasons. this is of course when you're a very very small startup that we were at that time uh of course uh it comes Really much down to if the candidate actually believes that you are going to deliver what you are going to promise. Okay, this is of course something that you don't know at this point. Are you going to deliver? Fortunately, we we have had a lot of lot of luck and and a lot of we have put a lot of work uh, into this, but but we have managed to actually turn from startup to scale up, uh, and and now like yeah we have uh, over one hundred and fifty employees in in, in in multiple different countries uh, now so so things have turned out turned out great but uh, but in this stage especially when you're very small it's really up to if the people believe in your vision or 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 if they don't and and the people who who did at that time there are actually a lot of people still in in there but i think it's also a very important starting point because i think if uh the person that you recruit comes to the company believing in the same things that you believe I think it creates this very strong bond also Uh, so I think I think it's something that that is also very overlooked in the recruitment process I think it's it's like foundation to the work experience and and the whole journey with the candidate together and if it all starts from from uh, the both candidate and company sharing the same vision and sharing the same same ambitions I think it's very very strong and Strong foundation then for long uh, and and very uh, successful career for both the employer and the employee. So I I, I would encourage companies to rather uh, fall into the trap of overselling than underselling. Uh, the, but but of course there needs to be needs to be the balance of of of, of not not crossing the line that you actually believe in that you you ch- you share enthusiastically. What you what you uh, believe about your own company, and of course, uh, uh, you should be excited yourself of the opportunity that you are offering. If you are not excited as a recruiter of an opportunity that you are offering to the candidate, then probably you should yourself think if this is the right uh, job that I am doing, and if this if this is the right company that I am uh, representing, because I think. Uh, best recruitments are done if, if the recruiter genuinely believe
0: that the opportunity that they offer is amazing. To and that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you got a lot of good ideas about SaaS talent acquisition. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it on your social so others can hear it too. And if you have a topic in mind that you would like me to cover in this podcast, share it with me as well. I'm Samuli, CEO and co-founder in TalentBee, where we help fast-growing SaaS companies in their talent acquisition. Make sure to follow us, make sure to follow this podcast, and have an awesome week. Bye-bye.